to another episode of Jess Talks Wrestling. Yet again, another episode. I hope everybody is keeping well, staying safe and just doing your bit. Of course, another episode, sitting down with wrestling promotions, getting to know the people behind the scenes. And this week, I am joined by the guys from Riot Cabaret. So guys, introduce yourselves. Whoever wants to go oh, first, yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, thanks, thanks, yes, yes. Ben, ben Pearson, that's that's my name, my boring name, no nickname. We're very boring kind of guys. Um, I, I'm actually from Newcastle, northeast of England, and uh, yeah, we I'm a promoter for um, Rye Cabaret Pro Wrestling. I'm James Lawrence, and, and yeah, along with Ben, I'm also one of the management team on Riot Cabaret. So along with our, our Sean Thorne, we are the, uh, the sort of the guys heading up this um, this new promotion. So starting with kind of everything I've been asking other people, what made you go want to start promoting? Is that a dreaded question? <laughs> no, it's not a question. It's a, it's a very, very good question. I, I, I think for, for, for me... It's just natural progression, really. Mm. I mean, ever since, you know, I was kind of eight, nine, ten, we enjoyed wrestling, loved wrestling, watched it weekly, kind of pretended to be a wrestler when you were a child, and then you kind of grow up into it, and you don't pretend to be a wrestler anymore, but obviously, you know, okay. you still you, you still watch it and enjoy it, and, and obviously, I'm not with the, the physical talents to be a wrestler, so for me, the, the <laughs> next best thing is to, uh, to, <laughs> to have a show and promote it. Yeah, we were at the the Lania in um, in New York, and we were we were in a bar in Brooklyn about some of the things that we really love about wrestling, and some of the things that we are maybe missing from British wrestling at present, and some of the things mm. that are maybe a little bit overdone. And we just sort of realised that there is there was a really good opportunity to to actually put together a show that could get people really excited again because. You know, we've seen a lot of change in in Brit rest over the last couple of years. With the advent of of NXT, changed the landscape quite a lot. Um, and you know, depending on who about that, people will have different views. So it seemed like a really interesting opportunity to go. Okay, let's take a step back from this. What can we actually bring to the table that's going to be interesting and new, and you can actually give people some that they can get in on the ground floor of with the British independent wrestling promotion and actually get, get really excited about it again. So with you know, kind of, it's been going on the your, your shows are, have you had much kind of cancellation of the coronavirus situation? Have you had kind of like little struggles of having to arrange and stuff or? Yeah, so we we working with our first show as being April 14th mm. and, and we were getting some, some really nice momentum going with that. And we had uh, managed to book some some really, really exciting people. Uh, and it was it was full steam ahead really and it just steadily started to become quite clear that there mm. were no circumstances where we could we could safely run that show. Um, and this is kind of pre-lockdown, everything like that. So uh, the venue made the call to cancel, uh, not cancel, sorry, to postpone our yeah. first three shows. Um, which which was obviously a difficult decision to make, but it was it was the right one. We 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 weren't rift with with any option there because um, you know because, because of the way the world is at the moment. Um, so yeah. 
has been a, a kind of a big administrative headache in that respect. But we are we're working towards uh, rescheduling that first show. Mm. And there'll be obviously an announcement made about as soon as basically as soon as we've got a little clarity about when the world is going to get back to normal. Um, because you've, you talk to one person and they'll tell you, oh, you know, we all back to normal by June. And then there's someone else comes up that says, oh, no, it won't be until September. So at this stage, we just don't know. And neither does anybody. So mm -hmm. we're waiting to see how the situation develops. And then as soon as we have information that we can make a confident decision exactly when the first show is going to be uh, and that's when we will um we'll kind of resume everything and go full steam do you know what the thought waiting till june for this all to be over and done with makes me really want to cry <laughs> i think june is the, the best case scenario to be honest i think if no. we're back back up and running in june and society's back to normal mm. that'll be that'll be a miracle i wouldn't be surprised at all if we have to wait even longer <sighs> Well, hopefully not. So, on like a personal level now, what are your background um, with wrestling? So, both of you. So, is it like when did you start kind of, you know, getting into it yourself, like watching it, that kind of thing? Yeah. So, for me, when I was, obviously, I think this is the same for everyone. When I was a little kid, I was absolutely obsessed with it. Kind of like last you know there's stories of like japanese soldiers who were you know still fighting war in the 60s because no one told them it was over they're on some kind of specific <laughs> that was me in terms of thinking that wrestling was still real so it was only when i was like 15 16 that i finally got smartened up to it that it wasn't really because i just didn't believe people when they told me it was fake because i just i was so invested in it. um so yeah, that was that was my wasted your time. I watched it. Yeah, yeah. I think they rather hoped I would probably in adulthood would would grow out of it somewhat. But no, I've gone all in. I've actually started seeing my own wrestling now, not just consuming other people's. Yeah, I think I think I'm pretty much similar to James. Actually, the the, the only difference between me and him is that I, I have a brother who, uh, you know, when I was younger, we we used to wrestle to try to bomb each other off the bed or or, or, or what. But the difference between me and my brother is kind of he grew out of it now as a professional MMA fighter, whereas I didn't grow out of it, and I'm now promoting Ryan Cabaret Pro Wrestling. <laughs> See, I did. I grew out of it. Never grew out. Of, I was there was like when I was younger. Obviously, for a girl, when I was younger, no girls used to watch it ever. They were not interested. They were involved in brat stuff. It's not me. I was throwing kids off trance and things like that. That was the difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all like all like the boys I used to be friends with, like in my area, all grew out of it. No, not Jess. Jess didn't. She still continued, and she was determined. <laughs> yeah, I had a trampoline. There was many kind of broken <laughs> arms and fingers on that trampoline. Oh, yeah. The, the number of kind of swans and bombs that happened in my back garden when I was, you know, nine years old onwards was ridiculous. Yeah, that... When I was younger, I Sorry, fractured my finger in seven places because I was playing. I was, I was playing games with them, with everyone, and just beating everyone up. Really, yeah, really, really making our parents work for their money. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Even now, my mum still says to me, "What are you doing? Like, what, why are you 
Why do you like it so much? Even she says, oh, it's fake. I'm like, well, look, I like it, so that's fine. Um, this is the thing, but, but like, like ever, you know, your mum's favourite thing is, you know, whether EastEnders or Game of Thrones or all <laughs> the theatre or whatever, you know, that still applies. You can turn around to anybody and say, oh, well, you like this? No, it's fake, right? You know, it, it that accusation at wrestling that it's you shouldn't like it because it's fake is no i mean i just never understood why that was a disqualifying fact for some people so it's like yeah pretty much all of the culture that you love all of the things that you turn to to entertain you are fake to, to a certain extent there's always a bit of artifice to them exactly you, you can always define real quality wrestling if if it if it makes you suspend your disbelief. Yeah. If it makes you th- if you make if it makes you think that. I mean, as you say, we're all we, we all know that it's predetermined. But when you really get into it, now I'm thinking about Stone Cold versus the, the Rock WrestleMania 17, 19, like that kind of suspension of disbelief where you really think these people are actually going to fight each other because they don't like each other. Mm. And you as well, like when it when it kind of lines between reality and the, the the sort of fictional world of wrestling. So, like a really good example of this is, um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will be familiar with the sort of the Golden Lovers saga between Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, which played out over years and years and years. And one of the reasons why that story was so beautiful and and was told so fantastically is because so many actual elements of their real world. Rel- kind of melded with the story. So there were, you, know, you weren't really sure whether what you were watching was the real thing or not. It's fantastic when it's like that. Yeah, the storytelling is key. Mm. Storytelling is key. So who would you say then, do you both have like a favourite wrestler ever? Like ever? Yeah, I think, I think, I think my favourite wrestler ever is, is probably changed over the past few years and it's Chris Jericho. And mm. I've always been a fan of his work, uh, you know, from, from WCW to WWF, WWE, Japan, early Japan, and, and, and post-WWE Japan. And now at AEW, he's, he's just the best thing on TV. Like kind of, kind of watching the work that, that they're doing in the empty arenas. I was watching uh, what he was doing with... Matt Hardy and the Inner Circle. Um, it's just it's just real quality stuff. And the way that he's been able to change his character and, and evolve with the times and just make slight specific changes that mm. that, 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 that that really doesn't he doesn't look or even that differently. It's only small little bits and pieces that that just totally redefine his character. And I think I, th- I think it's just an art form what he's been able to do and keep himself relevant and consistently brilliant for for 20 years in the business is just fantastic. So yeah, I think a... he I think he has to be my my favorite wrestler. I think he's taken over Stone Cold me now. But a, a guilty a guilty pleasure of, of mine is is the Miz. I love the Miz. He's he's one of my favorites. I just love how much people hate him. Give pleasure. <laughs> I don't, I don't I think you should him. ever have even something, something like the Miz as a, as a guilty pleasure. He's so good at what he does. Yeah, but, you know, he, he, of course, of course, you like him. Um, yeah, I mean, the, if I'm talking about like the real kind of emotional response that I have to their matches and things like that, 
what, my gut instinct tells me Stone Cold because when I just think back to my childhood, like the moments that made me absolutely fall in love with with wrestling, almost all the time Stone Cold. Where, you know, me, there's almost like a Pavlovian response, which is like if I hear glass shattering, like I'm jumping up and I'm screaming. Even if um, the glass shatters and that's it, you jump. Oh uh, yeah, I just I'm mixed dishing out stunners. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think back to I know I, I was a little bit on the young side when the invasion angle happened, so I hadn't really seen much of WCW. So at the time, I thought the invasion angle was the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. So like when at Invasion 2001, Austin spoilers if you've not seen a 20 year old pay per view, um, when Austin turns on Team WWF, like I I cried for hours. For hours, because I was just like, I, I I loved him so much I couldn't and why do something like. That. Um, but in terms of like, who I think is who I consider the best of all time, it's really hard for me to list Shawn Michaels. If I'm honest, I just think the caliber of matches that he put together, with the crowd ability to get a good match out, is it's just unparalleled. I think Shawn Michaels is so it takes something. I think. Yeah, the thing is, Chris Jericho is a genius. Like, yeah. what he's managed to do and managed to change, and really, he's just a completely different person now. He's AEW. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, he's so clever. Like, the way he's managed to do that. Mm-hmm. And he's That's taken on this thing. Like, do you know what I mean? He's just like, he's an absolute genius bloke. He really is. And you can never hate The Miz. Like, let's be real. You can't <laughs> hate The Miz. The Miz is an absolute legend. He, he will be one of my favourite ways, I reckon. I actually met Chris Rico when I was about teen. Mm. Um, because he did... I went to go and watch um, Fozzie at the, uh, this venue in Portsmouth <laughs> called Wedgwood Rooms, which holds about, you know, 500, 600 people, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it was, I was in like May or and it was right off the back of, he had a brilliant, brilliant match at WrestleMania 19 with Shawn Michaels um, in Seattle in front of, of about 54,000 people. And then I we just, I couldn't believe it that a month previously to that, I'd been watching him run Shawn Michaels. And then here he was just fucking chatting to me at, the, at this little mm. scuzzy gig venue in Portsmouth. Like my 13 year old brain just, could not compute that. He was the nicest guy. He was a, he was a lovely, lovely bloke. Stuff. Yeah, I just think there's there's so many... I think for me now, there's not many... But on the personal level, there's not many big, big characters like Shawn Michaels and obviously Jericho. But in WWE-wise, there isn't that many proper stop ones that will just legends, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of feel that maybe the 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 facility and the lead that wrestlers were given in those larger promotions like mm. WWF, however many years back, they don't have that anymore. No. I think you know. I mean, I I'm I'm not privy to to how things are scripted or anything like that. But when you listen to the podcasts and the, the, their promos are scripted to the to the final. Obviously, WWE is a public traded company. The the, the anybody stepping out of line or, or saying anything that the company might not like or shareholders wouldn't like or the, the market mm. wouldn't wouldn't look at too kindly to. So I think kind of with all of those new factors that now come in play, I think it kind of takes away the ability for people to 
to uh, you know grab the brass ring, as they say, and kind of do mm. something that other, that other people aren't doing. I just think that they're, they're, they're placed in, in a box that maybe they weren't placed in even 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm. Yeah. And there's also something interesting as well, which I, th I think nowadays we don't actually appreciate just how good one really is until mm -hmm. actually looking back on it. Um, for example, like, like John Cena, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of over the years, you you know, the people there'd be a lot of Cena heat because, you know, he was getting pushed to the top guy in the company. People, for whatever reason, had decided that they didn't like him and things like that. But it's like now that's virtually dried up because I think people can look back on his body of work and whether they booed him or cheered him during his full time career, they can look back on it and go actually this is an all-time you know top top three of all time cv that this guy's got here you know so I, I yeah maybe there's something in it just like you don't realize just quite how good the guys in front of you are until you don't really see them in front of you every week anymore maybe one day we'll feel the same about about roman reigns yeah the, that's I right what you got let's go on yeah. who sang that song uh, Joni mitchell <laughs> there you go <laughs> All right, so this, this is one that I wouldn't... I ask people, but I wouldn't even know what it would be myself. If you could have an ultimate dream match between some people, would be? Oh, good question. I don't know. Who, who, haven't, who haven't wrestled each other before? Or they could wrestle again, but with a whole new shiny feud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. This is this is real. What, what 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 was your line of thinking? I'm stalling for time. Uh, well, I I would quite fancy to see what would happen. So in WrestleMania 19, the sort of the brilliant old man death match between Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I would like to transpose that to just have Vince McMahon versus Ted Turner at the height of the Monday Night Wars, and it's like right, don't have your programs be the proxy for this feud you two can just actually straight up murder each other for supremacy and see what happens i think that could have been a <laughs> that could have been something marvelous yeah I've just, i just thought one off the top of my head that do you remember when randy orton was doing his legend killer gimmick did he ever did that he was... ever did he ever kill the ultimate warrior if not i'm, no, I'm looking that i believe he did for some reason i, I just thought of that one that would be good. Legend Killer Orton was fantastic. Legend Killer Orton killing the Ultimate Warrior. Do you know what? Randy Orton is somebody that will forever be Rick's. He Randy is fantastic. Oh, I love him so much. Like, so much. I'll never yeah, get Randy bored of him. Randy is a, is a great character, and it's particularly interesting when you sort of consider, you know, there have been times in his career where it's looked as though he might be kind of deviating from you know the, the straight and narrow path as it were uh but the, the way that he's he's managed to without kind of doing wholesale reinvention keep himself as one of those absolute tier guys that can you know really really still draw some proper good old-fashioned heat he's excellent I, th I think randy orton's great yeah it, it, it's a small program that he did with with matt hardy a few was it last month i mean those were some good matches i actually thought that was one of the best things on uh on wwe at the time mm. i just think he's just him as a heel was just something else i think he's absolutely yeah. just brilliant 
what a, oh, he's just great. Great dude. Yeah, I agree. His feud with 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 Triple H, where when Stephanie got involved, that, that, that's one of my all-time favourite angles. And he hits mm. her with the punt. Oh, oh gosh, yeah, I mean, that was a the, the back in the days where was you know, they, 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 they took the, they took the curb stomp off Rollins for a while because I think they were worried about you know it was too easy for kids to imitate or whatever is my understanding. But I mean, yeah. The punt, oh my goodness, like that's, yeah. that's one Brutal. of those examples. Of, yeah, it's one of those examples of where you, it's just wrestling the lines where it blurs between fiction and reality, and you just sort of you watch it, you totally suspend your your disbelief. Um, it looks savage when a move like that's done well. It's brilliant. Right, so moving on, if you could have. Any, anyone for one of your shows, who would you want? Anyone. And why? Um, you know, I think <laughs> Sean, uh, Sean, Sean Thorne, uh, the, uh, the other member of uh, Riot Cabaret, he, he always says Vince McMahon. And, and oh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with him. I'm going to agree with, with getting Vince back in the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, when he was kind of a, a big heel, I would have Vince. Imagine uh, for me, it would be, in a heartbeat, Territory's era of Ric Flair, because what, what Flair understood at that time, what he did so well, was promote get him for a, for a one and done, and, and they would get him in as a, you know, a, a reprehensible heel and he would make whatever that company's top baby face whoever that company's top baby face was flair would come in for one night and make that top baby face look like a million bucks so that when he left fans were still clamoring to see whatever that baby face did next so flair would just come in to whatever town he happened to be in that night he would make a start and he would leave and you know i think that's just no nobody is has had that skill like Flair had. So, yeah, that would be for me, Rick Flair. He is such a cool guy. Like, if you don't like Rick Flair, you can you can leave. Like, he is a legend in my eyes. Yeah. Who doesn't like Rick Flair? And, and Rick Flair, is, his personality and character has almost spawned a, a second career for himself. Because I don't know if you've, if you've seen and, and noticed kind of a lot of NFL players and kind of sports stars in the US now all of a sudden love him. Yeah. And he's in, he's in rap videos. He's like he's best a, mates of Post Malone. He's like, really, yeah. he's like really good mates of Post Malone. Like how random is that? He's, he's, Joe, got, a second, he's got a second career now. Joe Rogan made a point in his most recent Netflix special where he, he talks about why he loves wrestling and he just goes... He says, who doesn't like Ric Flair? And the whole audience, who aren't necessarily made up of wrestling fans, just go, woo! And he just goes, we didn't plan that. This man has an exuberant noise just associated to his name in the minds of everybody in the country. <laughs> it is mad. I mean, you go to, you go to a wrestling show, and you, you're bound to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere. You, you can't get even rid of it. What do you think of Charlotte? Do you like Charlotte? Yeah. I uh, I like Charlotte. I think um, for me, she she's one of the one of the best female mm -hmm. wrestlers. Um, she, she's 
I, I think she's. Uh, I, th I think she's a good talker. She can. She can give a promo. Um, she's very, very good in the ring. The athleticism is is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I think, I think she has a character, and I think she plays it very well. Um, yeah. So, so, so I like her. Yeah, I think Charlotte's fantastic. The um, I, th I think specifically her match with Asuka that she had at WrestleMania a couple of years ago was was just out of this world good. Her program with Sasha Banks, where they had the NSL match and they had the, the amazing Falls Count Anywhere match on Raw, were just all of those were that whole program that she had when they those two were red hot was just fantastic. It's like they over the course of her career have put the belt on her and then taken it off mm. her quite quickly so that I think she's building up those reins so that one day I think the plan is for her to overtake her father um, and that'll obviously be a be a hell of an occasion when that happens and she surpasses her dad in terms of times um, but yeah I just Charlotte, she, Charlotte she gets a lot bless her she gets a lot of hate like she must get so much hate and i just think you people are crazy like how can you hate this one? like yeah. how i mean if they, if, they, if they do hate her it's it's crazy because she's brilliant but i mean if, if, if they hate the character then she she does thrive on it. Yeah, she thrives on it. Yeah. She, I reckon. She, 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 she's doing a job. But I, I remember kind of when when uh, Charlotte, um, Sasha, uh, Becky came through roughly kind of the same time and onto uh, on the WWE TV when they were promoted up. Um, and, and it was interesting to see the career trajectory. And um, I was at WrestleMania when Becky Lynch um, headlined and obviously won the belt. And, yeah, it was it, it was interesting to see, and it, it was it was probably a watershed moment that one the 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 the, the female uh, tile match headlining WrestleMania. I think it, I think it's long overdue, and I think it, it just goes to show the the level of talent and the quality of former that that, that the women's division has. Charlotte has something as well, which is just this goes for for any wrestler of any of any gender now. Is just she has the. Almost unfathomable, just star quality and gravitas about her. Like if you if we're talking about WrestleMania, um, the one last year in New York, like you just go back and watch her entrance for that when she gets out the helicopter, and then yeah. she just strides down that ramp in that robe with the fireworks going off behind her. And it's like you, you, you know, you just have to get someone who doesn't know the first thing about wrestling to to watch that show with you. And when Charlotte makes her entrance, they're going to sit up, they're going to look, and they're going to go, who's that? Because she, she just mm -hmm. has this, just, or that envelops her, that you just look at her and go, yeah, you are a star. Yeah. Agree. She's, yeah, she's just something else. And, I'm, you know, I'm gutted, absolutely gutted, obviously, this year, that, you know, her and Rhea, as much as, mm. you know, as, much as I want, I'm actually going to try and avoid watching WrestleMania this year, obviously, for certain reasons. Um, but that match was something I was so looking forward to watching. So, so so that was really to. interesting. Well, when I kind of watched the build-up to that, it was mm. very interesting to see one of your stars go to NXT and, and kind of put that title on the spotlight and, and almost elevate it. Mm. Because once you have Charlotte gunning for a title, you know, she's, she's one of the biggest names, one of the best performers, Rick, you know, 
stepping in there with Rhea Ripley. I was actually looking forward to that as well. Actually, I thought it was really interesting that they done that. Yeah, I but mean, I you want, yeah, it, you want, you want to. Sorry, sorry, Ben. Just no, to really that. quickly, just while we're on Rhea Ripley, like you want to talk about a star. She's a legend. Someone that you look at and just go, oh my god, you are, you look invincible, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and I mean, but yeah, I mean, I mean, both Rhea and and, and Charlotte as well. I mean, I, I, you see at the moment there's a lot more kind of cross gender um, matches across organisations and mm. federations, and you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty convinced that those two could, could stand on anybody and give them. Yeah. A <laughs> you know, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy my chances. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll just. Just, just, just get on to the point of kind of people going over to NXT. I mean, uh, you have, uh, what, what's the guy who, who's gone from Raw to NXT? Finn Balor, gone back Finn, over there. Yeah, Finn. Yeah, Finn, yeah, Finn, Finn, Finn's gone down there as well. So that's really interesting to see the kind of the, the, the blurring the lines. I yeah, love I it. It comes from that they've they've gone for because NXT on network TV, so they you know they need when it was uh, kind of in its little niche on the network and it was obviously an amazing show but now that they are um back on cable tv and on bt sport over here like i think they they mm. need uh, they need a good amount of of firepower and, and yeah having having finn come back i think is a really smart move because i think we get to now probably see the balor that those of us that followed him on the indies and in Japan probably wanted to eat all mm. along. Uh, so I think we get to have our cake and eat it there, which is, which is, which is great. Um, but yeah, you know, they're, they're fighting another battle now against AEW. And so I think, yeah, they, they need all the firepower they can get. I mean, they've got some fantastic performers mm. in NXT. I mean, I, I won't profess to, to, to be an NXT aficionado, but I did, what, what, which one was it, James? T. Brooklyn takeover, Gargano versus Adam Cole. Adam, Adam Cole, yeah, two, two out of three falls. That was we were there so, for Mania weekend, and that was just, oh my god! I mean, if you want to talk about a good match factories, just Cole and Johnny Gargano between the three of them, you look at their body mm-hmm. of work in NXT alone. Never mind the stuff they've done on the Indies, which is vast. That is, that's a body of work that stands up to any level of scrutiny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was sold ever ever since that show. I was sold, and I went back and, and watched the the champ, um, Gargano kind of tag team, and then rivalry, and that's that's you're not getting much better than that. Yeah, yeah. The the rise and fall of DIY is, I think, along with the, the Golden Lovers, is is my my favorite story that's ever been told. Just phenomenal. See, I think um, the only I think personally the reason. Why- while they're putting a lot of the bigger lot over on NXT, because I think they're going to lose Undisputed Era to main roster. I think they're going over. Very, yeah, very. But I mean, mm. I think the line as well now between main, quote unquote, main roster mm. and NXT is 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 more blurred than ever now. I think mm. NXT is the main roster. Uh, NXT now. is just the is the talent that's ridiculous yeah, so so whether they're they're going to be looking at things like evolve and nxt uk and possibly nxt japan whenever that gets up and running as kind of the new developmental as it were um who, who knows because i think yeah nxt tv the spotlight is already very much that i don't think you can really treat it as developmental anymore it's very much part of the part of the main roster um but but yeah it's 
It's, it's always been fantastic. And I'm really curious to see how, because I think both both companies, um, both shows, NXT and Dynamite, when all this coronavirus has blown over, I think they're both just going to go absolute hell for leather and, and, you know, really give it both barrels to try and stake a claim when they're allowed to have crowds back in. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays. I think it's, it's going to be crazy, really. When this is all over and done with, it's just going to explode. Yeah. Absolutely explode. Oh, yeah. How, oh, actually, I've got a question. So how did you... Personally, I've like got an opinion on this. So with Matt Hardy obviously going to AEW and his debut on AEW, how did you feel about that being in a room with no people? How did you feel about that? Uh, and, and initially, I just thought it was strange. I just mm-hmm. thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so strange because, you know, when someone, when, when a big name goes over, you expect the music to hit, mm-hmm. the crowd to cheer, and, you know, the, the, the look on the other wrestler's faces in the ring. You kind of, in your head, if you say someone is going to pop up on a new promotion, you kind of have an image in your head of what that's going to be like. Like the John Moxley situation. Exactly, Mm. and for for reasons that they weren't able to do that. No, but I mean, it goes what I was saying to to Chris Jericho before. I mean, I think both he and and Hardy made that as as good as it could possibly be. But I mean, without having the crowd there, it certainly takes away um, some of it, some of the magic. Do you think they should have waited? Well, no, I don't think so, because if, if you look at kind of how long this is this is going to go on for, the mm. answer is he knows. So, you know, Brody Lee debuted on the same episode, and that would have that would have been obviously a huge reveal as well. Um, but if they go, okay, we're going to wait and hold fire until this whole thing's blown over, you know, that's in nine months' time, mm. a year's time. We just don't know. So I think as long as you're producing shows, you still need that content. You still need those, those cool moments. So, yeah, no, I think they were right to to do it when they did yeah. obviously it's not ideal no. um, I, I, was a bit, I was a bit gutted for him actually obviously you know Chris Jericho has tried so hard to obviously keep it going but I felt awful because he obviously come out and I thought if you if that was with so many people there that reaction just would have been absolutely unreal and I felt I was like oh geez, like that's what a wrestler wants that kind of reaction they didn't get it and you just think, and God. For Hardy, it's probably the last time, the last opportunity he's going to get for that kind yeah. of big reaction. Yeah. So now I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think that the presentation that I've noticed um, in, in recent weeks, now that AEW, uh, WWE are kind of getting used to not having a crowd there. Mm. In the beginning, they were doing the same sweeping shots and you could see that there was an empty arena and it looked strange. <laughs> and I think now they're kind of getting the camera angles a little bit right, so you, it, it doesn't really come across your eyes so much. So I think, I think they're trying their best, but I, I agree with James. No one knows when this is going to be over, yeah. so the show must go on. Must, I really, one thing I really hard. hope we'll see what happens with with WrestleMania. But I would just love if they this opportunity to really do something different with it. And even if it doesn't quite work, I'm okay with that. Like if they, sh- they if they shoot it like a film, you know, and give us like <laughs> a really cinematic, intimate um, web shooting right here, and make it look like um, just aesthetically completely different than anything we've seen before. I think that will be that could be really cool. Uh, whether or not Obviously, that is 
that is possible, whether that is the direction they have gone. We'll see on Saturday night. But um, yeah, I would just love it if maybe this crisis, there's an opportunity to, to try something new and take a bit of a risk with it. I hope it works out. I, I'm in two minds still about watching it for obvious reasons. Um, uh, you'll watch. Ah, don't know. I've been struggling. <laughs> to watch the last the last um, few weeks so I don't know but this this will probably be the first Wrestlemania I haven't watched in 17 years so it'll be a little bit depressing if I don't watch it yeah um, yeah gotta keep the streak alive but <laughs> it's, it's so hard it's so hard to keep going but um, we'll see how I feel when it comes to the weekend. Because I know everyone will be like, oh, you should watch it. And I'll be like, all right, then. Ben. Watch along. Yeah, what else <laughs> are you going to do? You lost it in your house. Sleep. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and sleep through it. I don't know. I'll pro- knowing me, I probably will end up watching it. And I've been saying, nope, not watching it. That's it. Nope, I'm not going to. Do you know what? I probably could have just watched it eat a few easter eggs and i probably could watch it but um we'll see um lastly we wrap it up what is one thing well not really one thing uh you'd want to achieve in the future with your promotion what is your what are your goals for the future for me, I, I just want to do, if we, if we get to 100 shows, I want to do exactly the same thing on show 100 that, I, that we do on show one, which is send people home and be buzzing for the next one because there's nothing quite like it. When you stumble out of a wrestling venue, all, all chanting, all singing, you've had a few beers, you're with your mates, there's no feeling like it on earth. And, you know, if you can get people to... To, to get on their phones and, and it ring around them. We've got to come to the next one of these shows. It's fantastic. Mm. That's all I want. I just want to make people happy when they come to our shows. They can forget about the outside world for a little while. Um, whenever we do start start our shows, whenever we get the green light, I just want people to come to have a good time and to leave really excited for the next one. Yeah, I I concur and agree with that. And, and one thing that that, that is a ambition of mine and a very small ambition is just to hear somebody say just to overhear somebody say i went to a riot cabaret show and it was really good yeah. it was it was quality i mean that that would be enough for me because all we want to do is put on quality shows that people enjoy they go home happy and they want to come back and like james said our ambition in quality on day one and put on quality in day 100 day 200 it doesn't matter we mm. just want to put our best foot forward, put put out the best possible show that we can time after time. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of ways as well. Just before we do wrap up, that um, I think it would be quite good to to maybe shine a bit of light. Um, we're we're really firm believers in in doing business the right way. So we've we've spent the last six months or so uh, developing um, a code of conduct policy. Um, with Equity, the Actors Union, of which of which I'm a member, um, and it's essentially just like a series of protections for, for wrestlers, mm. uh, because there's there's you know it's it's a it's a live art form. It's extremely you know immersive and interactive, and you you need some kind of system in place to make sure that your workers are protected in situation, and they mm. you know they know what to expect from you as a promoter. Everybody knows where they stand, and 
we just don't really have anything like that in in um in certainly not in independent wrestling. Mm. Um, so we've been developing that, and we we've ended it off with Equity, with the first promotion, and to to ever have that from its inception, which is great. And you know, David Starr, who cool. I'm sure your listeners will be familiar with, like we we the indie and and David and and James Musselwhite, we've been doing a lot of work on just making conditions for people who are working in wrestling as as good as it possibly can be. You know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. The the, the business is doing fine, but there are there's absolutely things that we can do to make it even mm. better and just help improve those standards across the board. Um, and Ben, just before we wrap up, did you want to call out uh, the, uh, the first yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, no, sure, sure, definitely. We're, we're, and, and just going on from, from James's points, what, what, what we want to do is kind of extend to, 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 to what the NHS, um, members of the NHS, be doctor, nurse, cleaner, doesn't matter to us. If you're part of the NHS organization, that's all that matters. We're, 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 we're going to extend a free ticket to those guys just as a, as a tip of the hat to the fantastic work that they're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the, 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 the whole nation is, a, is appreciative of, of the work of the NHS and we all have... We all have friends, colleagues, um, you know, sisters, brothers, aunties, uncles who, who work in that institution. And at this moment in time, I think it makes us appreciate kind of what we have. We're one of, uh, you know, not many companies and not, not many countries, sorry, who, who have an institution like this who can help us in this time of need. So if there's any way that we can extend our, our gratitude to to, to the NHS, we will do, and and this is this is the way that we can do it. So, we're, we're, when our date is announced, um, if you you know get in touch with us and let us know that you know you, you you're a member of the NHS, you you, you work there, and when we can extend a, a free ticket. Away. That sounds lovely. Well, we're nice guys, really. <laughs> there goes Ben Pearson. I must remember to thank him. <laughs> Um, so I'll see that I said wrapping up if you guys want to just tell people where they can find you on your social media and all that kind of stuff absolutely so yeah we are at right cabaret on on everything on facebook twitter instagram you just type in at right cabaret on any of those platforms you'll find us our website is right cabaret uh there once the first show is up and running you'll be able to access our on-demand platform so if wherever you are in the world you'll be able to subscribe and, and watch all of our shows whenever you like um yeah and so reach out say hello to us because uh you know at the moment it's it's always really really nice to hear people to hear from people uh, because it's you know it's 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 a bonkers world out there and wrestling is a refuge for a lot of us so if if, if you ever just want to get in touch and say hello you'd be very very welcome so yeah you heard the people so yeah of course thanks for um joining me today guys really really appreciate it um thanks for having us on been nice to have a little chat with you both um, and of course you know where to find me on my old socials and mainly at the minute I'm just moaning quite a lot on there but that's okay Hopefully, I think, um, I think you're not alone in that I'm not alone <laughs> but yeah so thank you for listening to today's episode and I shall see you very soon